All right, this is the Maranatha Cry podcast, um, and I am Pastor Benjamin Durr. Mm. And I am Brian. All right. So we are going to, we're going to be talking about an important topic, um, one that Brian, one that you actually um, brought up, um, and I think it's important for us to talk about, and that is uh, the topic of unity, um, unity amongst uh, the body of Christ. And um, so, with that being said, because obviously, over the last um, thing. Over the last year, I think 2020 was was a year um, that unfortunately we saw uh, we didn't see a lot of unity here here in the West at least, right? Um, there's a lot of a um, lot of a lot of different conflicts going on, a lot of different personalities, a lot of um, just a lot and it, it and it really a, a lot of it i feel wasn't reflective of um ref, reflective of the gospel or um what you know the intent of the the intent of the churches right um so that being said uh brian why don't you why don't you go ahead and just kind of jump off and just kind of just speak what's on your heart and then then we kind of go from there all right so i'm gonna start off with scripture so uh john chapter 17 starting in verse 20 so this is part of what um is commonly known as the farewell discourse Mm -hmm. um this is where you know jesus is praying and he well he's he's speaking to god he's speaking to god the father uh about his disciples and everything he, he knows in, in a very short time, he's going to be taken away. So uh, starting in verse 20, it says, I pray not only for these. And he's talking about how he's about to send them out. You know, he's about to go and he's about to send them out as basically sheep among wolves. So um, he said, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their words, talking about the words of their, of his disciples. May they all be one as you father are in me and I in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you've given me so that they may be <clears throat> one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me so that they may <clears throat> be made completely one that the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to stop right there. So. Mm. These are Jesus's words. So if you have a red letter Bible, they're going to be red. Um, and right there, you can tell, you can see that Jesus is saying them being one, them being unified in their faith, unified in their love, unified in their message. That is going to be a symbol to everyone else that number one, Jesus really was here. Jesus really did walk the earth. Jesus really was the son of God. He really was a savior. He really died. He really, you know, resurrected the whole nine, right? It's the unity of the followers of Jesus Christ is supposed to be a testament to the validity of Jesus's ministry, earthly ministry, and the, the fact that he is actually king of kings, Lord of lords, right? So... That unit, the, the unity between believers is is paramount, and it's it ruins our testimony. It ruins our testimony of Christ. If if somebody looks at us, if you do a quick Google search, let's put it this way: for Christian plan of Christianity's plan of salvation, first thing you'll probably get is a Wikipedia page that actually lists. 40 different plans of salvation, mm-hmm. just the Christian denomination. Mm. 40. 40. 
how is that unity? Now, granted, mm. now, now, granted, there's there there's some funky stuff that got brought into that, but still, you take out the crazy, you take out the the cults, right? You take out the Jehovah's Witnesses, right? You take out because some a lot of people classify them as Christians. They're, right, right. You take out the Mormons. A lot of them classify them as Christians. You even take out basically any works based any works based faith that obviously is not founded on you know scriptural gospel mm. you're still left with way too many right if you're joe blow joe blow non-believer I'm not saying you're atheist maybe you're agnostic you you think there's something out there but you just don't know what it is or how to put a you know how to relate to it or whatever you'd be like oh well i hear you keep hearing about this christianity thing right so i want to see what it looks like you go on there and look real quick on Google and you get that. What are you going to think? Well, you've got all these people and they have all these dissimilar ideas of how one gets what they call quote unquote saved. What, what, why would I do this? Like, there's no unity. There's no cohesion there. At least Buddhists believe, you know, around the same thing. At least there's only like a few sects of, of, of Islam, you know, right. I, why, why would I do that? What, what makes them claim that, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Oh, wait, this group doesn't say he is. That's weird, too. So it, it ruins the testimony of the church. And honestly, it, it, it's a command for us to be unified. And yet, for whatever reason, whether it's something as simple as baptism by full immersion versus baptism by sprinkling or mm-hmm. the color of the carpet, or whether or not instruments are allowed to accompany singing in worship right or that stuff like we're not showing our best face we're not putting our best face forward where it's just it's just as bad as christians going out and getting drunk every day and doing all the other crazy hypocritical stuff that we also get blamed for like it's just as bad if not worse because jesus said this is going to be the testament of my body of the body of believers of the church to other people. And that's how, I mean, if you don't have unity, you can't have love for one another because you're going to be bickering over all the small stuff. You're going to be bickering over the, the things that make the things that are different. Right. Right. You don't. (laughs) So I'm reading, I'm reading um, Francis Chan's new book uh, until unity. Okay, and it's, this topic of unity has come up like uh, numerous things that I've got, I've listened to or read or whatever recently. And Francis Chan puts it this way: He's like, you know, you and your family are walking through an orphanage, and you're fighting about anything and everything, hollering at each other, telling each other they're wrong, this, that, the other, all kinds of turmoil and chaos, right? And then you walk up to these two kids who've heard this entire conversation, it's like. Hey, we're adopting you. You're coming home with us. Do you think they want to be adopted by you? Do you think they want any part of that cacophony that you call whatever a family? Yeah. Wow. That's what we're displaying as Christians when we fight about all this insignificant stuff. Now, if there's a group that's saying Jesus Christ is not, you know, the son of God, that he's not the Lord and Savior, that he is not God incarnate, you know, God in the flesh, and that he is not going to come back. Okay, that is a completely different gospel. You yeah, te- teach them, show them the true gospel, and if they deny it still, then as Jesus said, dust off your feet and move on. But when we're fighting about insignificant things like music accompaniment mm. and of carpet and baptism by immersion or sprinkling, I, I hate to tell everybody this, but scripture is not concrete on any of those things. Baptism, you know, believers baptism. Yes. It's very concrete about that, but it doesn't always say with every account of baptism in the new Testament that they were baptized by immersion. Yeah. Sometimes it does. Other times it doesn't. Are you really going to fight over that? You know, well, you can say, Oh, well, these people were singing without any music. Yeah, probably true. But David had music accompanying his worship. Right, right. I mean, these these are 
non-salvation issues, but the unity of the church. You can look at that as almost a salvation issue, if not for yourself, because you're already a believer. For those non-believers looking on you going, what is that mess? Do I really want to be a part of that? Right. You know what's Yeah. You know, and Brian, I got to say, man, I love you started with a feral discourse because that I actually was going to leave. I actually like had that uh, my Bible open <laughs> to the exact, that exact, like that exact verse. Yeah. To that. So I was like, that was awesome. But you know, it was when I was thinking about that, I was reading that on, I was reading that on and off and, uh, you know, before, and then I was thinking, man, I'm like, these are, th- those were the words of Christ, right? Like that was like he, his prayer that we would be, um, that we would be one, that we would be one together as he and the father were one. Um, yeah. and that, that's, uh, you know, you, it's almost, I want to say it's almost from, from Genesis, right. From, from the, from Genesis, from the fall in the garden all the way until revelation with um, re- revelation with the restoration of the relationship between humanity and God, right. Between we, you know, that, that moment where we are back in the presence presence of god in his in his kingdom right that it's almost like the like the it's i feel like the overall message of scripture has to do with being unified yeah because you think about it every tribe every nation and every tongue will every you know, every tribe every nation every tongue will worship him as lord right like it there's it, it's really um you know it's really hard i feel like it's it's hard not to be not to be united but when you think about uh, you know when you think about our it's what's interesting is when you look at so i listened listened <laughs> to an interview from um, a brother out of the underground church in Iran recently, um, Pastor X, um, um, amazing man. I can't even, you know, I um, just an amazing listening, but to him speak. But one thing he talked about was so last year when the, coronavirus hit so the coronavirus hit iran like a lot of a a lot of other countries hard right um and it hit iran brutally hard not only that but i think they had like a drought and they had a number of things happen during locusts like everything in one yeah right so but one thing he talked about was how um he actually he he talked about how him and like 20 other leaders from the leaders from the underground church in Iran or from the church in Iran live together in the same house, like in the small house Yep. during the lockdown, you know, and he really, he really made a good point of saying that, um, you know, the Western cultures, especially our culture here in America is really an individualistic culture we we like to stand our own two feet and it's kind of like you know it's not that we don't there was not we don't love our you know we don't love our kids or love our families or want to be but you know we don't have like you look at other you look at like you know you look at other you look at other countries and other culture is one thing you see is that this just this drive to be part of a part of a community right like it, with it's with with jews with muslims with hindus with i mean so right. many so many um where they it, it is there's hospitality there's culture like they want to be together right, right. they want to be in in community with one another and that's a reflective 
Okay, I'm saying is this reflective of what you see in the underground churches in these places of the world? Because that's just that's part of their culture, but it's also in scripture, like what you know, what Brian just read, the the farewell discourse. That was that was Christ himself praying. You know, he prays that prayer is threefold. He prays for himself. He mm-hmm. he you know he prays directly. He prays for a personal prayer to 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 his father. Then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all of those who will believe in him because of them. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I actually I'm going to jump into I'm going to jump into scripture myself because I think there's there's two passages in the book of so Acts chapter two and Acts chapter four. There's there's I there's really two material I want I wanted to jump into. So v- verse forty two, so chapter two verse forty two through. 47 and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their own homes, they received their food with <clears throat> glad and gracious hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, like that is a picture. And, I, and that is, and keep in mind, this is. After this is this is continuing on the mission that Christ had that that Christ had himself been like the, the why he well, why he was here in the first place. So this is a continuation of that same of that same mission. So here that you see this beautiful picture, right? You see them breaking bread together. They are fully they are fully devoted. They're fully they are together in fellowship. Mm-hmm. Right, they're going to. So they would have been going at this point. They would have still been attending synagogue, right, and together. Um, yep. But they were. So the point is, there was no. They, there was no split. You know, they didn't have. They they weren't putting up. They weren't putting up walls. They weren't putting up barriers in between one another right they were saying oh you're in this group here and you're in this group here and you're in this group here and we're, and we're not unless we really need to we're not going to cross over we're not going to cross over these lines right you know so and you know it's you know i think it's um you know i think it's especially important for us to it's especially important for us to come together, no matter, you know, like I said, no matter if you're not, I mean, no matter if you're, if you're denominational or non-denominational, like me. So I just want to point out, I am now a licensed pastor within the church of the Nazarene. Yep. But I, but first and foremost, I consider myself a follower of Jesus Christ. Yep. I mean, and I, I attend a Southern Baptist church, but I do not identify as being Southern Baptist. I identify as being a Christian. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's sometimes we're like, but I think sometimes it's like we belong to these exclusive mm-hmm. clubs, you know, like we forget that we're like you said, Ryan, if we follow, as long as we're following the same gospel from the same inspired, all you know, the inspired work of God, this, as long as we're following this, as long as we're not following the Book of Mormon, or we're not following the, you know, no, we're not following the Quran's version of Christ. We're not following any other version of Christ, but what is in here. Yep. Right, and that should that itself should bring us together. But yep, at least at least in our um, 
Western, you know, our Western kind of uh, the way that our culture, I think it's a mix of the way our culture is, just the way of how, and then just the fact that we've had, we've had the luxury to, to be, to have all these, you know, we, we have all these different, we, have, we do have all these different denominations because we've never been told up until last year when, you know, everything happened, we've never, we've never been f- forced all together in one room, right? Like we've never been forced to uh, like, oh, hey, all of our churches are closed up. So now we, and we're not allowed to gather together. And if we do gather together and we're caught, then we're going to be imprisoned or executed. We, we've never had that happen. So right. we've never been, like I said, we've, it's, it's like when, you know, you know, like you hear people say, oh, when, like when two people are, say like two people are arguing, well, just throw them in a room and lock the door and let them work it out. We've mm-hmm. never been forced together to just to, to come together on what we have in common. Right. What, what we have in common, but also the most important thing that, that we, the most important thing that we have in common, which is the gospel, which is the fact that, do you believe that Christ, that Christ was born, right? Do you believe he, he walked the earth? Do you believe that he was, that, he, do you believe that he was arrested, that, that he was later crucified and that three days later he, he conquered, he conquered sin and death and walked out of that tomb and that he will come again? Yep. Great. Maranatha. Right. Like that's like we call this podcast the Maranatha Maranatha Cry podcast. That it's it's literally like that. Like do what what trying to think of what brings us together and what says this, you know are we letting like I, I I guess my point is, are we letting, are we letting things come between us that could, that, that stops us from being united that aren't important? I I think the answer would be yes. Yeah. And I mean, so I was listening to um, the Better Farewell, the the Better Farewell podcast, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And Stephanie Quick and Jeff Henderson likened unity to a, a commandment. Because you see it so many times in the New Testament, whether it's coming from Jesus or coming from Paul or coming from Peter or coming from any other writer in the New Testament. It, it's, it's filled. Almost every single book, if not every single book of the New Testament, is filled filled with that cry for unity, right? That, that, that compulsion that, hey you need to be unified. You need to be unified. You need to be together. You need to be unified. Like it's over and over and over again. Uh, and one of the, and one of the first couple pages of Francis Chan's book, he even goes as far as to say is if you're not striving for unity in the body of Christ, if your Holy spirit is not crying out for that unity inside of you, then perhaps you're not even saved. Perhaps you're not even in Christ because Christ mandates it. That's what Christ desires for his body. A body cannot function without being unified. Think about it. If, if your leg decides it wants to jump and the rest of your body is not ready to do that and just your right leg goes to jump, you're going to fall over like a fish. <laughs> it's just how it works. If, you, if a body is not unified, then it cannot function correctly. And we are literally the body of Christ. We are living stones put together into a temple that is Christ. Mm. And yet, there's so much, I don't know, what's the opposite of unity? Disunity. I'm just going to say that because, I mean, there's so much of it rampant that it's, it's not even funny. Like it's actually, it it grieves my heart. It grieves my spirit because how many people, so another reason why this came up recently is my, my wife and I have, um, my wife and I have, uh, been reaching out to some Mormon missionaries that came by, right. We've been having supper with, we've been 
I mean, we've told them that we're not interested in converting, that we're, we're very firm in our faith, but we wanted to have conversations to better understand each other. Mm. And by doing so, we're sharing faith and our faith. And they're seeing that, you know, they, you have to remember these missionaries come from a place where they literally grew up all their life in the Mormon church. So they believe that there's very little difference between Christians and themselves. They, they really believe that they're Christians except for they believe in a couple extra books and we don't mm. so they talking to them. And you start hearing like the, the Mormonese, I guess is the best way to put it. Right. Mm-hmm. And start hearing how they use the same words as us, but they're different. And they started noticing this. Right. Mm. But then they tell me about the story of Joseph Smith, which I kind of knew already, but how deeply they felt this was they retold it to us was just, heart-wrenching because supposedly and whether or not this is actually how it happened or not but this is how they claim it happened is that joseph smith was going here to this church this denomination to this denomination and he saw this all this discord in the church supposedly sat down and prayed and asked for god to reveal the one true church and well then we get all this we, we we get the crazy doctrines that came out of that that are not biblically supported but that's another that's topic for another day but anyway it's supposedly it was that disunity that caused him to create mormonism basically but whatever but think about it that disunity that disunity that we display as christians has led how many millions of souls to the fiery depths of hell Mm. because we can't come together as one in christ like think about that like that right. should break your heart we, we you know we we cry you know god break our hearts for what breaks yours that's miserable you know yeah no that's man that's that's true and that's man um that made me think about it. so there's this quote i found um it's from charles Spurgeon, right? Go ahead. So listen to this. He said, Satan always held Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. He attaches far more importance to godly intercourse than we do. Since union is strength. He does his best to promote separation. Right? So basically the saying here is that Satan, right? He loves to keep us whatever, whatever he can, whatever can be used to keep us separated. And that doesn't mean just, and that, that doesn't mean keeping us separated from just gathering one way or another right gathering together that keep that means keeping us separated from being unified right mm-hmm. from being and like what you're saying brian like how many over the so i i my history is a little fuzzy when was joseph smith like as far as date wise you know I, I do not know off the top of my head. Uh, I think it's late 1800s, but okay. I can check. I okay. I was just I was curious if you knew on top of your head because I thought it was something like that. I just I, I and be honest, I've I ever I mean, I know very, I know very little. I mean, I know kind of the. I think I just know the actually the, early, early 1800s. So he was uh, born in 1805, uh, died in 1844. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so like, you know, like what you're saying, so that's, I mean, that's give or take what? Uh, 100 over 160, no, 180 years. Right. So I think between in that time, in that 180 years up to this point in 2021, like you said, how, how many people have been, how many people have, man? How many how many souls have 
watch the, you know, you, you think about the, you know, the way that Jesus describes himself as the road, as that narrow road. And he says, the road to me is narrow. If you find it, then he says, the road to hell is broad. Well, think about how many people walked that broad road. Yeah. And then, but, and I, and I also think, you know, and as you were talking about, that, I was thinking also, you look at like, um, you know, um, the foundation of uh, uh, Islam, you know, was, Islam was founded. So you think, you know, really you think about, you know, you think about, was it was always been interesting to me is the way that it, the way that um with a, you know with the f- foundation of Islam you had they they still view Jesus as a prophet mm-hmm. but he and it's something people really I, I've I've heard people talk about and they tried to they tried to compare it with you know c- with the Christian view of christ obviously as you know but but one thing yeah but see one big 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 difference is that they do not they they do not believe he was crucified so therefore they do not believe that he was well so they basically believe he was taken to heaven and then they do not believe that he that he was resurrected right yeah because Islam Islam says that God has no son. Right. So, but the point is, when you look at the history, look at where Muhammad, where Muhammad received, like where Islam was founded. And and I think a lot of it was because he, you know, and I heard a really good, I I heard a, uh, I I heard this before where they talked about how, you know, he, like he looked at, he looked at Christians and he looked at Jews and he saw all this, he saw all this strife right all this strife and division and he goes all right well well the heck with both of you i'm going to create i'm going to create a religious system that takes that takes christ and i mean like you really look at it and it it is shockingly similar to to judaism yeah in, in a lot of ways right not only that but then you but i think that is an example of way that somebody sees one way or another someone sees someone sees this group that's not that's not unified and then they decide and you know i mean there's a lot more to it obviously i mean you it's i i you know you look at it and there was a there is a um another kind of influence that came out of the creation of islam besides just you know but i'm I'm throwing that in there because I think that's another example on how, you know, it, you know, how many, you know, c- how many, um, like the point, like, what are we, what are, what are we doing to, what are we doing to, um, you know, show to show people the true, the true model of christ right like you said like we're like are we living stones right like we like it's funny i i recently saw a i recently saw a comment somewhere when someone kind of said that they're like well well christians can't christians can't all you know christians can't agree on one thing so why it was it was about you know i forget what the 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 topic was about i was looking at but but they basically they basically were like well christians can't christians can't you know christians can't even agree on one thing so therefore why you know it it was you know what is a good point because it's you 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 know you see so many examples of i mean over I mean, over a long period of time, over the, you know, church history, you start, you really start to see where things start to shift, like, you know, and then you see these different, 
you see these different groups cropping up and then this group follows follows different has different um has different uh you know this group has different traditions or doctrines or you know like and, and then all of a sudden they're just they just don't want anything to deal with one another or they're you know so yeah that's you know i i think that was the point i was trying to make was that it, it was um you know we are not we're not just called to be individual like we're not just called to be oh i am personally i, I am personally a you know it's not like i we're not only called to be near images of christ the tr the church as a whole right uh, the body of christ is always meant to be unified yep and that has big i mean i mean it really does that has really big consequences when we're not unified as we've seen it keeps people from wanting to i mean really i mean that's essentially we're kind of we've kind of been the ones that have been responsible for uh, people not wanting to, to pursue a relationship with christ because they they see us like they look at they look at this you know they look at these different groups or this different influential christian you know christian voices that are out there you know tearing everybody they can apart and i'm, I'm not going to name names but you probably count you can probably uh throw some names in there on top of the hat but you know they they see all this and then they're like why why would i want to read the bible why would i want to pursue a relationship with christ when these people don't seem like they're, they even understand what they've read or they've not taken it to heart. It hasn't, it hasn't been, it hasn't been transformative. Right. And so I, I, I promise that I'm going to, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bring this up and keep bashing on the lack of unity without bringing up what's the answer for this. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to plot some more scripture just in case uh, people are, not understanding how much unity is throughout the New Testament. So 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all you agree and that there be no divisions amongst you, but that you are unified or that are you, you are united in the same mind and the same judgment, right? Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, complete my joy by being in the same, uh, being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Um, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. That's 2 Corinthians 13, 11. I'm not giving addresses. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I mean, good. So uh, Ephesians 4, 3. Eager to maintain the unity of, of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Uh, Ephesians 4, um, one through six there's the whole like verse after verse piece after piece verses after verses it's all in there over and over and over and over and over again like i don't want to beat a dead horse but it probably needs beating but anyway <laughs> um so but i think colossians three fourteen sums up the answer to this above all put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony the issue is lack of love, a lack of brotherly love, a lack of familial love for our fellow Christians to the point where, because if you have that love, if you have that deep familial love, you're not going to fight over every little bitty thing. You, you're not going to have time to. You will be patient with one another. You'll treat each other equally. You'll treat each other fairly, you know? It, Love covers a multitude of offenses, right? Mm, right. Scripture is very clear about that. Jesus said, love one another just as I have loved you. Thereby, 
everyone will know that you are my, my disciples because you have love for one another. Like he's laying out, he laid out the plan right there. And I know it's, I know it seems cliche to say it's love, but anyone, anyone listening to this right now, who, who is a follower of Christ, I urge you to meditate on that. Just sit back and marinate on it. Just focus on that for just give yourself like a good 10 to 20 minutes just to sit back and think about that. What does that mean? What did Christ mean by love one another? Did he mean like, oh, hey, how you doing when you see somebody in, in service once a week? Or, you know, did, did he mean actually like deep down love one another to where you overlook these little petty differences and focus on the real thing? Because if you focus on love, you're focusing on Christ. Because what are the two greatest commandments? When, when they, they ask, you know, all right, Jesus, what's the two greatest commandments? What were they? Love the Lord your God right. with all your mind, heart, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. With all these, you basically. Right. Like, I, I can't, it can't get any more plain, to be honest. But I think the issue is we gloss over this love. We think of it as like a, like when your 12 year old comes home and says, I'm in love, right? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. That's cute. Okay. Yeah. Love. No, no, no. This is the type of love is no greater love is this that, you know, what is it? No greater love is there than this that one lays down their life for another or their for their friends or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the kind of love. It's sacrificial love. It's, I don't have to be right in this. You believe in the same Christ and follow the same Christ that I follow. I don't have to be right in this. I don't have to be right in it's baptism by immersion instead of baptism by sprinkling. Yeah. I, I, don't, have, I don't have to be right in, in uh, a millennial belief or post-millennial belief or pre-millennial belief. Or I don't have to be right in pre-trib or post-trib or mid-trib or right. halfway, halfway through through reverse backside other wacky notions there might be it's jesus christ is my lord and my savior and my god he's your lord and your savior and your god you know that there is nothing you could do to save yourself other than believing on christ and him crucified and that he will come back again like that's it if we're all the other stuff we, just, we can agree to disagree and move on and not fight but be unified Right. If the church got that love, if the church got that agape love for one another, despite whatever differences there may be, think about the change. Think about the testimony to the entire world that would manifest from there. It would, it would probably, honestly, at this point, shock the entire world completely. Right. Well, you know, well, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about, I was like, what, you know, what would have happened? Let's say, you know, if we, what would have happened if we here, so like we here in the United States, if we were like, say, if we were, if we were on a united front, like say the church in Iran has been right. Or the church in China, because they said like, man, what's a, what is amazing is that the, the fact that so many people are are coming to Christ, but and it is without. I mean, and granted, you know, when during during the interview that Pastor X gave, he kind of even they um, asked him about the kind of that you know about denominations and everything and but he kind of made a point of saying well the church the church in iran is still really young i mean so but at the same time you know they are you know um it's kind of awesome he said something like you know um you know we're gonna need uh we're gonna need a lots of we're gonna need a lot of chairs at the wedding feast right because just with how many people that are you know that are coming in but 
and and it just got me thinking you know i was like well, what if man can you can you because there's no reason that 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 kind of that kind of um there's no reason that couldn't ha- that could not happen here right or in canada or in europe the reason it's happening in the places it's happening is because they are because they are unified in prayer they are unified in everything they have everything in common like it says in the books of you know in the, the book of acts chapter yep. 4 they have everything in common right they have no they have no they have no church buildings they have no legitimate status they have no nonprofits i mean um they are i mean they're literally i'd even go as far as to call them like modern day church of acts Mm -hmm. right and you know like i said and i think i think people forget that um they aren't doing anything they aren't they aren't doing anything crazy they're just they are just submitting to the holy spirit yeah they're just they are just in love with god they are in love with christ they are in love with his word you know and it makes me think going back to the book of acts but it makes me think about um acts chapter two right when there there's like a hundred of a hundred of them all in together in one room and they're praying and what happens it literally it says a like wind i mean literally this intense scene of the holy spirit coming down in fire yep on them yep and that's what's happening right that's what's happening right now in places all over the world is they are they are i mean they are seeking god and they are you know they are with love and with like you said brian with love and with unity right and it's you know i mean you think on the they come from all different kind you know they come they might be poor farmers they might have been radicals they might have been drug runners they might have been in prostitution whatever but they go they come from all different all, all different backgrounds but they still they have everything in common with in christ and the gospel you know i mean that there's no like I'm sure, you know, not that I'm sure there are things that maybe they they could like like they're human, right? So that I'm sure there there are disagreements. I'm sure there are there are there not there's not conflict, but they are you know they they are living. I I, I truly really believe that they're living together in unity, right? Like they're really trying to pursue um a they're they're trying to be witnesses right they're trying to be they're trying to be disciples of christ disciple makers you know and they couldn't they they couldn't do that if they were always if they were always arguing and if they're always fighting especially in like you think about like and they they couldn't have the kind of impact if there was all sorts of if they were having all sorts of fights and all sorts of division that that everybody could see yeah and i think it's important so the reason The early church caused fear and intimidation in the rest of the world. And it wasn't because they were filled with a bunch of staunch fighters who were going to literally fight for the gospel, like literally beat people up or hurt people or anything like that. It was because of their unity, their unity under the person they were claiming to be their Lord and their King, who is going to come back and conquer Jesus Christ. Mm. They were 
their unity is what scared everyone. And some people can say, they can try to say that, oh, well, here in the United States, you know, that's why they're trying to suppress, you know, the talk of the Bible and Christianity and everything here in the United States is because they're scared. No, right now, the reason why the people here who are non-Christians are not scared of, of Christians. I'm just going to put it right out there. Uh, they don't like us and they hate us because of our hypocrisy, because of the hypocrisy that they see in the church, because of that disunity that they see in the church. If we here in the West, especially here in the United States, can come under one, of, one accord, be unified as the body of Christ, you would see a kind of fear in the kind of response that you see in Iraq, right? Uh-huh. China, the kind of responses that you're seeing from the powers that be over there against the church would be here. And it wouldn't be because, oh, we don't like you guys because you guys aren't unified or you preach some something that we don't like. It would be they're united. Mm. It's real. That verifies it's scary and we don't want it. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And like you look at, like you said, you look at China, for example, they are, they're trying so hard. Mm-hmm. They've been trying for years to stomp out Christianity out of China for to either they either want to control it or they just want to get rid of it entirely. Yeah. Because like you said, because they see it as a threat mm-hmm. to, you know, to the communist line, right? To the to the communist party to um like they just they see these people as a threat. You look at you look at the church like the church in the Middle East, like Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, same mm-hmm. thing. Yep. They're like, wow, these people are, these people are, these people are formerly, I mean, you have like people who have radical, who have radical, um, former radical Muslims Mm -hmm. leaving and coming to Christ. Yep. And that, and that, their threat to the Islamic mm-hmm. to the Islamic nations and to really uh, to the structure of Islam itself because you look at like Iran and what a lot of people don't know is you hear from this from people on the inside inside the country is that people are leaving leaving Islam mm-hmm. and many 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 of these people are are coming to Christ are having personal encounters with Christ with the man in white, right? Like you, like these are powerful. These are like consistent, powerful testimonies that you hear and that you, that like we tend to like to go, Oh, that's not true. But you know, that it is true because like that, but the point is that they are, they are seen, they are seen a unified group. They are seen a unified people preaching the same proclaiming the same gospel the same lord the same savior and it you know and, and you know and also i think it's good to point out and this is something that it was really kind of a um is that um these people one big these people are hungry for god Especially, especially in the Middle East, as I would say, I'd say because, but you know, especially in the Middle East, they are seeking God one way or another. Like they are, but the God of Islam is not is not personal, right? And and like I said, you, you hear this, you hear this because it's true. It's not personal. He's not, that's why the, that's why the idea of Jesus being the incarnate of God, the son of God, the living, the living image of God on earth 
is so is is <clears throat> not even is it can't even be can't even be spoken to you know within Islam because it's just so it's you know it's um heresy and I mean it, it's it's just they won't have it because it's it and this is what and this is like I said and and you have people that are having personal encounters dreams I mean really powerful prophetic dreams personal encounters mm-hmm. and they finally see this man in white and they finally one way or another they are they are like wow this this is God this is what God looks like this is you know and so they're like why you know and so like I said it's Islam is not a personal it's it's, it's not a personal God right like you, you it's like you're it's like chasing it's like chasing smoke I think is a good analogy. Like you're like you're running after it, you're running after it, you're running after it. You're trying to you're trying to grab hold of it, or you're trying to reach out and grab it, and it just and it just evaporates in your hand, and you yep. can never actually get anything out of it. You can actually you can't get anywhere with it. You never can catch it. It's like yep. so. Where's where's God? Where's God? And you know it. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I think uh, I just wanted to point that out that they um, they want to be they they want to know God, mm-hmm. and yet so the, that's why it's so that's why um, I, you know and then of course you have combine that with this the uh, just the kind of community just the community aspect of you know like the the community aspect of their of so many different that in the so many different countries in the Middle East is that and, and that's why like you think about it like when they accept Christ when they when they proclaim Christ as Lord they are literally they can be I was just watching a testimony of a guy today that was given his testimony and his family held a mock like he, he was from uh, the Sudan, if I remember right, and his family actually declared him dead. Yep. And that, but that that you know that so community family is very important. That's why so many people and and that's why so many people are are are, are afraid to profess their to to, to profess their faith. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even to make that step because they know that it will it could literally mean they would be killed by their own family, their community, or they could just be outcasts. Yep. Um. So with that, uh, you know, I, I just want to close out, but I just want to like make a point what. Brian was saying just to uh, you know anybody that is listening um, you know I, I really want to um, challenge you to to really reflect prayer pray meditate mm-hmm. on unity right not only unity but pray just on what it means to be united in love like and like what you were saying Brian not it's not just that cute mushy oh love that's great you know and then and then you kind of just go oh, that's great but you know but you're so young oh it's never going to last you know that that kind of attitude it's just just pray on it you know pray reflect on it because i think um it's it is so important it's it's important now but there's going to be a time where it's going to be where it is going to be vitally important that we are that we that we come together that we are united because if we don't if we don't come together and we don't come together as one right as one body then really we're just gonna we're we're, we're just gonna f- fall like a house of cards 
you know, because that's the most, I think, the vision is is really something that has always been a significant hindrance body Christ throughout history into the church. And we, you know, like I said, we saw that last year, right? I think, I think 2020 was like, uh, there are sorts of different theories about, about the coronavirus and where, and why it, why it's happened and where it came from and this and that. And, you know, but I personally would liken it to, was it a, was this a, foreshadow like a, a very 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 foreshadow of of like uh, how we could hey this is how you could guys could come together for for the purpose of for the for the purpose of, purpose of worship purpose purpose of spreading the gospel whether or not we could meet together or not is really irrelevant right like there are so many ways like this right 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 now what you or I doing, Brian, on Zoom. Like there, we have so many, so many different ways. And yet I feel like a lot of it, not that I didn't see really great examples of people, of of church, different churches and Christians coming together. But I think um, a lot of what we saw was the opposite of unity. Yep. So... You know, my prayer is that going forward with you know where we are right now in 2021 and beyond that we could that we would strive and we would seek to to come together and to not just to know God and not just you know not just in prayer and being his word but but be that be those living stones right be is that way when people look at us it's like you know when people look at us they go man what do they have mm-hmm. i want that yep not the opposite which is they look at us and goes yeah i don't i, I don't want anything to I don't want anything to do with with I don't want anything to do with Christianity, right? Because they are kind of all, they like to paint all of us with the same brush. And I can't, like I said, I, I can't say that I, I can't say that I blame people for not, for seeing that and then not wanting anything to do with, you know, anything else, right? Right. Because they don't know, there are a lot of people that only know what they see. Because if they, it, it's like setting a, it's like when you first meet somebody and you want to set a really good example, and then you don't set a really good example, and then they don't want anything to do with you. That's really the same. I feel like the same, you know. <laughs> what we are what we've been discussing so uh anybody who's listening god bless you maranatha uh brian do you want to pray this out real quick brother sure father i thank you for this conversation i thank you for your word i thank you for christ uh i thank you for the cross i thank you for the resurrection i thank you for the ascension and his eventual coming back set things right. Father, I pray just like Jesus did over the church. I pray for that unity, that, that urging for unity, that yearning for unity, that, that we'll be able to have a united testimony to the rest of the world. I, I pray that you put that burning in every follower's heart to have this unity, to put aside any differences and come together as the body of Christ, as Christ intended us to do. I pray for that, for power to come over each of us, to be able to give that unified testimony and love one another just as you have loved us. 
I love you and I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. And tell the next episode. Maranatha and have a great Sunday. Maranatha. <laughs>